The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Oh, hey everybody. Welcome back to the Keith Cheggers podcast. Just doing a little That's different, a different intro. intro. What are you doing? Um, throwing weird things in this later. Yes, yes, he can. Um, welcome back. This is episode 17. I am your host, Hannah Norris, and I'm here as always with my loyal, um, good husband. Carl Donnelly. Yeah, that's him. I've got a bit of a sore throat today, so my vo- my voice is very deep. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I like it. Uh, yeah, but you do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you, you can do most of the talking today. You can just just kind of hum along and barry yeah. <laughs> white your I'll way in there. Now and again. Yeah. Um, so as as you probably know or may not, this is a podcast about pregnancy uh, because that's what's happening in my body and in our lives right now. Currently at week twenty two of the pregnancy, and like officially five months and one day. Yeah. Due on June the nineteenth, and this is. February 20th. Is it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So yesterday was five months. I was like, ooh, there's only four months to go. Yeah. Um, it's just me and Carl here today. Sorry if you're really hanging out for one of our cool guests, but we'll be back with a guest next week. But we've got, you know, we got things to chat about yes. just amongst ourselves. Um, I actually woke up in the middle of the night a few nights ago thinking about our friend John Hastings. Yes. So I think we've talked about him before. He's a very large man. He's comedian, Canadian, yeah. Canadian comedian, funny guy, good friend. But he was born premature. Yes. And so I just, I was like, I don't, I wonder how premature he was. Did you have any idea about when? No, I don't was... actually know the amount of yeah. time. Because I, I texted him. So I texted him today, and he was born at twenty-eight weeks. Which is which? So early. Yeah. So it would be in like. Five, just over five month? weeks' time. Oh my god! Yeah, I didn't realize it was that soon. Yeah, and when you say like, yeah, for listeners, when you say he's large, like he's just like dimensionally, he's tall, yeah, broad, like yeah, he's just what is he six four? Yeah, you, the, the things that you a premature baby obviously is a small baby yeah. and born before its time, and you expect them to be a smaller person, yeah, like grown up, but. That's not the case he's got, with him. He's got a massive head on him as well. Yeah. But like I was just, I suddenly had that thing of knowing that premature babies, yeah, sort of what, what range that is and when they, yeah. when they arrive. Because I think I might have mentioned in the, in the kind of um, stuff you get from the NHS and about if you have any problems and going to the doctors, yeah, up until 20 weeks you go to A&E and after 20 weeks then you go to the labour yes. ward. So they try to save the baby and you have the baby rather than wow um anything else so so yeah he was 28 weeks so it's just it was just interested me yeah but my baby um is currently what what veg fruit or vegetable is she Uh, right now oh no corn yes yes big old corn yeah well you thought a bottle a can of hairspray would be bigger than a Corn. Well, I, th- I think a, a full-size, lar- a large hairspray can would be bigger than a corn on the cob. No, you, there's mass. You know when you have a massive corn on the cob and it's still got all the green stuff around the outside. I still think a big I can think. of hairspray. Oh, I know what you mean. The really big ones. Yeah, I'm not talking about a little hairspray uh, can. Yeah, not the ones that like 
would look like a, a sort of, I'm trying to think of another a equal size, <laughs> banana sort of size, a small banana. I'm talking about. Banana size can of hairspray. <laughs> I'm talking about a big. Yeah. One of those. Know, proper mum can. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Mum can, can of hairspray. Yeah, because she's supposed to be one foot long now. Mm. That's right, as a, sub, a Subway sandwich. Head to tail, or is this full Head to now? toe. Head yeah. to toe, that's it. They go, they yeah. go head to toe now. Um, so that's pretty big. That is massive. Um, and <clears throat> she is been kicking. You managed to have a little. I had a little conversation with her earlier on. Yeah. I've been, I sort of did a jokey version of the, of the haptonomy thing yeah. that Wendy Wason told us about, which is like some French thing where you tap the away and then they sort of, you're sort of communicating via tap with your baby. And I just in bed this morning jokingly did some taps. And I went round one side, I went duk duk, went round the other side, went duk duk, and went in the middle, duk duk. And as I did that, she kicked my hand. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, it works. Yeah, it was It was cool. It was really, I mean, the timing was amazing. Because we've been doing a little bit of like, um, when she's kicking around, I'm like, oh, Carl, come fi- feel her, you can feel her kicking. And then she doesn't do anything. Yes. And you don't feel. And I think you are lying. Yeah, and, I, and you just get more sad about how sore your hand is yeah, in a weird position. You always bend my hand around in an unnatural <laughs> position, force me onto you. So that was good that, that she responded today. But we did try to look into haptonomy because when Wendy told us about it, we were both really keen on the idea because it's about kind of connecting with your baby and the partner connecting with your baby as well and through tapping you make you can communicate with them and you make them move around and it can kind of encourage them into um, the correct position for birth and um, it's about doing it you know you're in it together but like all the books I tried to find were written in French and then we found I think like there's two practitioners in there's one in london and one maybe in birmingham yeah and the london one currently is on a hiatus for, wasn't she booked forever oh she's well? there was just no it just there was no availability but it didn't even show it said like didn't give any options even in the future so i yeah. felt like it looked like they were taking a break oh really yeah so maybe i should maybe i should become a haptominist okay, i think you need to say it first <laughs> before you can become a professional one well i'm being an actor right now that's what i'm doing yes um my show is currently on at the soho theater this show i made last year with my mum um and so very um nicely for the story arc of it it's very good to be pregnant with a girl because that means there's three generations yes. of women on stage which is cool and you know I was talking to someone last night and I think that's one of the <laughs> the best like I'm really happy that she's a girl um but it's a great thing in terms of the story of the show that she's a girl yes that's, yeah, that's, that's the one of the that's the main thing that's the main reason you like it. it it just really fits the story yeah exactly um so doing that it's it was interesting because in rehearsals and then this week because I've been quite busy and active feeling a bit my attention's a bit less on my pregnancy yeah of course and so I'd have these little fears of not really feeling much movement but She's still she's still there. She's still, she's still kicking she's around. She's still moving around. Yeah, and that's been, and it's been really good to do the show. And um, you know, first of all, being in rehearsals and things that I was doing last year with kind of movements where I crouch down and then stand up. The first couple of times in rehearsals when I tried to do that, I was like, oh yeah, god, yeah. I can't do this. But I've got to a point where that's just fine and easy again now. Yeah, yeah. And that's going all right. And it's a nice part of the show to have to be pregnant and for. 
the audience, it's a funny thing. The audience wants to clap it always. They do, yeah. I mean, I was there open a night. Yeah. Was, uh, there was definitely a, it's, it's some, it was a ripple of it. Yeah. And then people were like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And then it built and it became a nice, a lovely round of applause. Which feels a, like a weird thing to be applauded about. It's quite American, doesn't it? To get applauded for being pregnant. Yeah. Or even Americans just will clap any sort of life change, won't they? Yeah. You know, marriage. I got married. Woo. It's like, it's, and that is, I think, I mean, I don't know what, would Australians be more no, lean towards the British apathy? Probably a bit more. Yeah. I don't know what particular things they would get excited about. It'd be more like if you'd won something, I think, in Australia. Right. Okay. I just won this thing. Like, yeah, good on you. You're a winner. Yeah. Yeah. That sport. That sporty yeah. part Whereas of it. I think Brits will clap failure more than success. Yeah. That's just our sort of, you know, our default setting. Yeah. Um, and last night, a friend came to the show who she has two daughters. One's two and a half, I think, and one was born a few like three or four months ago and she's been texting me recently going do you want some baby clothes and I'm like yes please and then I got another text going do you want some maternity clothes yes please and then there was we've got a baby bath yeah yeah so last night she brought a hypnobirthing book for me oh yes so um I I've still got to keep reading my I haven't I haven't been reading any of my books lately because I've been all in show land but now I've got a hypnobirthing one so I'm gonna start doing some of that reading about that i don't yeah. know when i'm supposed to start thinking about that no I, one's no it's that's all kind of from peers that i've heard about that there's i don't feel like anything in um at the hospital or any kind of the nhs stuff is mentioned not yet, yet no they've still very much been on the the premature clinic and everything yeah, as yet it's still very much in the yeah they haven't got to the birth bit yet no not really yeah so Which i'm sure should be happening soon yeah because um, well no not soon four months what, what, just a month leading up to it is when they start talking I about know, it. No, I don't know. I that don't seems know. a bit late on. That's the thing I think we've real. I've I feel like I've realised in the past week that there's still a whole lot of stuff that we don't. Oh, absolutely. Know. <laughs> I've got a clue. Because <laughs> it was yes. Um, I think it was yesterday morning, and you went, "What do we still need to get?" Yeah. I was like, um... because we've not bought anything. No. I bought a ridiculously. Uh, in We've got of, the pram, uh, yeah, an antique which pram doesn't that, fit out the front door. No, so you so have to tip it on its side yeah, yeah, so that's, to get that's it out of the house. a good start to purchases. But we need we need to see if we can get it out of the side of the house. We've got a, we've got a, we've got given a pushchair for mm-hmm. when the, uh, she's three. Yeah, so that's again absolutely that unnecessary. Currently, we've got, actually got nothing suitable for when she arrives. Um, got some clothes. Oh, we got a couple and of, yeah, a swaddle have, thing. Yes, a swaddle. Oh, you bought a swaddle. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that was another thing, Heather. She's got some newborn nappies that mm. she's going to give us. She said at the moment she's just making a pile of stuff at her house. She's yeah, cleaning, yeah. and there's this big pile for me, which I'm like, yes, please. I want all of it. I love. I mean, I love secondhand stuff. I yes. I, yeah. Very, very few of my clothes are, are new purchases. I know. Yeah. So. She's, she's trying to get, get you to throw anything out or give it to charity shop is so difficult. It's because lots of the stuff I wear is stuff that you've been tra- you've thrown out to exactly. a charity shop. You won't even I... let me throw my own stuff out. <laughs> I save it and I wear it. Um, but the, yeah, I, I really like that. All this we're going to get all these free things, and yes. that was the thing quite early on as well. That Heather was very, um, you know, she said all her, all the clothes are very gender neutral as well. So that's cool. We walked past them. A Gap yesterday. Yes. And I've not shopped in Gap in 25 years. You know, I don't think anyone has. Uh, but weirdly, 
Huh? Yeah. The, yeah. The, the baby stuff looked really cool. Yeah. That's weird thing because I, I look at Gap clothes now and it looks very dated. Yeah, yeah. Not being critical, it's just not for, you know, not for me. But um, the baby stuff, denim baby stuff looks well cool. Mm. I mean, that sort of classic blue denim. Yeah. I think looks a bit naff, you know, on most grown-ups. Yeah. But put it on a baby and it's cool. Which is, in, speaking of um, denim stuff, we uh, we had a little, we were tagged in an Instagram post, which was really exciting oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me. Um, Cheggers Pod. That's what we are on Instagram. It's Cheggers Pod. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Cheggers Pod, all over them. And Gmail, CheggersPod at gmail.com. But um, we got tagged by someone who'd bought a pregnancy pillow on Facebook Marketplace. Yes. And this pillow looks like a huge pair of jeans that's yeah. been stuffed with... Yeah, legs, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's <a> big... <laughs> Comfy legs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you for... I think it was H- Hannah Dolan was her name. Yes. For posting that and for us to see. It's, um, yeah, it's great. I know, I know who Hannah is. And when you said that, I did. Re- I put two and two together and realised who she was. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it looks... It does look well comfortable. Yeah. You, I'm still going fine with just that one normal pillow know, between my got month, a few months time when we get back from ours i reckon it'll be get me one of them get me the one, massive jeans one of... <laughs> <laughs> i need those massive jeans just to help me sleep at night um i went to my acupuncturist yesterday as well yes. who i hadn't seen her for a month because everything's kind of been going well we haven't felt you know, we both agreed that that would probably be a fine way to just check in like that. Um, and she was, I was kind of saying, oh, everything's fine, everything's fine. And then obviously I told her about uh, the premature clinic and being on progesterone. And she said, oh, well, you know, you have to do some pelvic floor exercises. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I've done them on, on and off since I was like 15 or something when I heard about them. But I, I did Google them this morning because that thing of kind of the idea of sort of tensing or tightening around my stomach and feels like that feels like the wrong thing to be doing. Like it should be free and spacious and not clenched and yeah. tight. So I just did a little Google of pelvic floor stuff this morning. And yeah, the suggestion that you three times a day do a little clench. A wee clench and a bum clench. Yeah. Try and hold it for 10 seconds, then release. Do that a few times. Yeah. And three times a day just to make sure it's all tight. Because what I don't want to be doing at the moment is actually um, kind of creating space there. Because if I create space, that might encourage the cervix to shorten and for her to be premature. So I'm going to have to do some clenching. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And it also said there were some stomach muscle exercises you could do. I saw it on the NCT website. How do you do those? One was a bit just like a cat cow. Oh, yeah. That's all it seemed like. But it was like... Which is a yoga movement for yeah. anyone. Just <laughs> assume everyone yeah, knows guys. about yoga. <laughs> the, the good old cat cow. Um, yeah, so that, that seemed like it was. But the second half of it was different. Like you didn't... You know, with a cat cow, it's about you're on, you're on all fours... And you um, round and then you round your spine and then you go the other way. So it kind of rounds. It's like convex and con- yes. concave, whatever. Um, but one of, in, in the stomach muscle exercises they suggested, you didn't do one of the, like there was one of them you didn't do, but from reading it, I couldn't work out which one you weren't supposed to right. do. So I don't know if that's going to be a successful. 
<laughs> a successful part of my regime. But I haven't really been doing any exercise either. And this is like... But you've been very active, especially yeah. the last, this definitely this last week. Yeah. Doing the show and that. There's been a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, it's it's like pregnancy doesn't change my normal relationship to exercise, which is usually I think I should be doing more and I don't do the yeah <laughs> I don't do the exercise that I go I should be doing you know like going to Pilates classes or I know pregnancy but Pilates I think you're classes, very active and I don't think you know if you, if somebody's got a much a much more sedentary day-to-day life yeah. you know if they work long hours in an office and they're sitting there then I think that going to classes in the gym is much more important whereas actually I think if you live an active life and you're out and about all the time you know, walking around and doing, I think, you know, you can, you can slightly, your ratio is slightly better already, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't think you should need to worry or stress about that. And there was that thing about maybe going swimming, but the next thing, I have definitely have to buy a new swimsuit before I go swimming. Yes. Because the one I have that's from high school. <laughs> God. <laughs> won't, will not fit unless my boobs are going to be on the out, like mankini vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's allowed at public swimming no. pools with school kids there. <laughs> oh, um, I was talking. To, oh, what else did she you know, uh I have to drink lots of water. Yes, she you, just you were asked, so thirsty on Monday. That oh, was the thirstiest I've ever seen you. I'm gonna drink a sip now. It's mm. um, you just kept needing your water bottle filled up. Yeah, I think it's because as well in the because we were in the theatre then, and there was the heating and the air conditioning yeah. was different. You know, like it's that. The, the different kind of air mm. and I was very very thirsty oh, but um I didn't mention that to to Anne-Sophie my acupuncturist oh, yesterday and no. at the end she was like have you been drinking enough water I was like no I don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh because that's one thing definitely this week um there's got to be some kind of movement that's happening inside me that I need to do wheeze more than I yeah. did before there must be it must be pushing on my bladder because yeah that's happening. I've I've been kind of kind of a proud. No, I don't need to, my, my uh, toilet's fine. Well, I, I mean, that's we've talked to people who've said their wee count goes through the roof. Yeah, so, yeah. mine's just a little bit more regular yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing as well was the shortness of breath that I've kind of realised that obviously the growth is kind of starting to push my lungs. I yes. still haven't watched. Oh, I saw that one, the little video you did about the placenta and the baby put the, putting the umbrella up. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little video on Carl's um, Twitter, which. Yeah, it looks like a baby is putting an umbrella up as it's attached yeah. to the umbilical cord to the placenta and as it this kind of animation as it moves and as the um all the organs move around it. But there's supposed to be this really good animation which shows you uh, you know, of the, the way the organs squash yes. and what's changing inside your body. So yeah, I could feel the shortness of breath. Um but again I'd forgotten about it because I'd kind of got used to it already. Mm. And when I saw Anne Sophie yesterday she she picked up on it straight away and she said because your speech pattern's different yeah you're speaking in shorter bursts than you would usually uh, but yeah. i hadn't realized i was doing I hadn't that. Noticed that either. no so it must be a just i just think it's that, that amazing thing the way your body just continues to keep adapting well yeah and it's so gradual as well isn't yeah. it it's a real you know it doesn't it's not like one day you wake up and you can only say two sentences two yeah. words in any sentence it just must be so gradual that i've not noticed it because i'm she last time she saw you, it'd be, it would obviously be a jump. Yeah. Whereas when I'm here every day, it just feels like a natural progression. Yeah, but I can as soon as once she said that, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, like I yeah. could just feel the the breaking up of my speech. Um, but yeah, I can still breathe, guys. Don't worry. Yeah. I'm still breathing. I'm still here. I'm still breathing. 
Um, my mum's still here. Yes. With us. Um, we have a trunk in the show that kind of stores all our props and also is kind of um, symbolic. She has a trunk at home in Melbourne that's got loads of stuff that she's kept over the years. So it's it's sort of our, London, our show version of that trunk. And she just said the other day, when I was saying we didn't know what we still had to buy yet, you know, like somewhere for her to sleep, all these kind of things. And she said, oh, you could just put her in the trunk. And I was like, I'm sure it's supposed to be um, – Breathable at the side. She yeah. went, Leanne, if she cry, if she cries, just close the lid. <laughs> no, I don't think we should. Put so that's some parenting. <laughs> that's some parenting tips from yeah, yeah, my yeah. mum. I I remember when. Uh, I'm sure I was put in a drawer. Yeah, I was going to say being put in a that, drawer. Yeah, it was there a was... real. I remember that being a real common sort of trope back in the day. I remember yeah. my mum telling me she used to put they used to put me in a drawer next to their bed. That's um. I remember an actor seeing photos of an actor working with a theatre company in Melbourne and that she would have her baby in a drawer yeah. there while they were rehearsing. Yeah, it'd be open. It wasn't, yeah. They didn't shut it. <laughs> no. But yeah, just sitting in a, lying in a drawer. Sounds like something from the Victorian era. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think we've got... We have got a couple of drawers that would work. Yeah. I feel like I'd rather buy an actual official bed. Yeah, if we've got to that point and we haven't yeah. bought the bed yet and yeah. we just have to use a drawer, then <laughs> so be it. But hopefully that will be on our list and we will have <laughs> purchased something for yes. her actually to sleep in by then. Um, or somebody will have given us something. Yeah, yeah. A second-hand one? Yeah. You want a, you want a, first, <laughs> you want a first-hand well, nice my plan one. is get freebies off of friends for everything yeah. so that then I can spend all the money on a silver cross. Oh, yeah. Push chair. Yeah. Oh, yay. I saw a really nice one yesterday. Like, it looked a bit like the Yo-Yo Zen, the oh, little yeah. foldable one, but it had a different name. What was it? Iris Iris Air, I think. Right. Which I'd never seen before. Ooh. So I Googled it straight away. And it looked about, like, I thought it was maybe a cheaper version of the, Z- the Zen, but yeah. it, it looked about the same price. Uh, how much is that? Like 300 and something. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that will have to that'll have to go on the list. We sort of have planned. I called it a baby moon today. Yes. Which it's sort of. We're, we're going on holiday for two days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really like the phrase baby. moon. No, baby moon's a disgusting phrase. <laughs> but that was that was how I sort of got it through. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're going to Australia soon, so um, we're doing a drive. Yes. From Melbourne to Adelaide and we're going along the Great Ocean Road. And which I've never done. Yeah. So I'm excited. And spending a couple of nights along there, which was going to be, no, we should just fly in, fly out and then... Yeah. No, and I was like, no, it's a little... It's a baby moon. Oh, God. <laughs> well, because we won't have another holiday, really, oh. before she gets here. True. We have been talking about those things around, I think... Um, one of the things that's going on in my head as well is how much because I, I I like planning obviously and you your diary gets booked up and in the opposite way I guess to people are starting to plan maternity leave yeah and those sorts of things like stopping work and those sorts of changes I'm still thinking about the things that I can do and can fit in yeah, yeah, yeah. in that time and not really knowing what's possible what's not possible but just sort of planning for things yes. so. One of them, obviously, is your friend's wedding at the at the Wilderness Festival. Yeah. Which is camping yes. for a couple of days. And that would be when our baby is about six weeks old. Yeah, maybe five weeks. Yeah, which 
which probably is insane. 10 weeks ago in the pregnancy, we were like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then Carl just yesterday was like, actually, are we like that, two I days just of think camping? That, yeah, I think that um, maybe driving in the, there in the morning, having a lovely day and then driving home might be a bit more uh, logical. Yeah. Than five, having a five-week-old and going camping, putting up a tent and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if yeah, if anyone's done this, let us know because I think like yeah, this would be something that I don't know anyone that's. Wasn't it Alexis and Pauline told us they did though that they took their son camping and that was he slept the best out uh, of yeah any time I think because of the fresh air. Yes. Yeah. I th- to me to me the bit that when you said it I was like. Oh yeah, I couldn't be fucked putting up a tent. Yeah, that was the, that was the main oh, bit. I can handle the tent. And if it's bit. muddy, ugh. I mean, no, yeah, definitely the things that have, I'm thinking about mud. Yeah. Um, the fact that we'd have to, you know, being in family camping and stuff because mm-hmm. you can't just have a go normal camping. Yeah. With a newborn crying, so that's unfair on the other people. Yeah, who yeah. are partying and being exactly. really noisy and. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. So it's way. basically they they would annoy us in the night and we'd annoy them in the morning. So. Mm-hmm feels like you'd have to go into some special family camping bit. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just different. There's just things to consider that I think might be, when we've probably not slept for five weeks, Yeah. might be a bit stressful. Hello, my darlings. It's me, Anna Mann, actress, singer, welder. Gotta have a backup. I've been in everything, my darlings, and I've been cut from most things. However, I will not be cut from one thing, and that is my own podcast, Talking to Actors with Anna Mann, where I meet those rarest of creatures, the actors. That's Talking to Actors on The Great Big Owl. And then the other thing was a party that I'm planning. Yeah. Because we often have a barbecue in the summer and have like lots of people over. And um, looking at Carl's diary, I put it in for a, sort of the end of May yes. as a potential date. And I think it's, you know, it's just under three weeks before my due date. Yeah. And to me, that seems fine. I think so. I think we can have a party then. Totally. But we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like, is that like, the week before, I'm going to be going, what was I thinking? This is so dumb. True. But then I guess because I had the opposite thing with my birthday party, um, which was just at the end of my first trimester. But when I planned it, I was so tired. Yes. So I'd made that party to be from 2 p.m. till 9 p.m. Because I was mm. like, everyone has to fuck off and I need to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You can't be here. And then I stayed awake till 2 o'clock in the morning. Exactly. So, you know, I'm an, op- I'm an optimist. Yes. And I think that will be fine to have that party. Yeah. And also, yeah. you know, it's that thing of, you know, it's we can just cater it around how you're feeling. And LB baby shower. And yes, we will get your presents. Hand. Yeah, that's, that's the main reason <laughs> that you really want to do it. No. But, but you know, it's nice to see everybody and before it, yeah. to have our, our final party just like that. Yes. Before we are also responsible for a child i know not just our guests oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then so that's kind of pre-baby and then obviously the festival is like once the baby's here and then the other thing was i saw an acting course that is coming up 
at the end of August, first week of September, with this with a director that I who I really love and um, in a style that I want to do. And I was like, I think I want to do that. But she'll be about ten weeks old yeah, then. That's fine. Which, yeah, I I think is is possible. It'll be a full a full time five day acting course. Well, I'm still, everyone I've told that we're going up to Edinburgh mm. with a six week old currently is still looking at me like we're insane. <laughs> so this will be interesting to to look back on this and either go, yeah, we were so, we were fine, we were so right, or go, <laughs> what we were idiots. But that's what I mean. If we can get through Edinburgh. You can you go into an acting class, it'll be fine. It's the day after Edinburgh finishes. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> what could go wrong? I'll sit outside with a baby attached to me. Yeah. And just sleep on in a chair. Yeah. Um it's fine. It'll be fair. I think that it's you know, I I reckon I would be more f- nervous about us if if I said if uh, you know, if we'd both said let's let's skip Edinburgh, let's have a few months of not yeah. doing anything. I would be more concerned that we would go a bit too hermit-like. Yeah. And that could become sort of quite, you know, so, I don't know, you know, it's, a, it's very, you isolate yourself a bit too much. Yeah. I'm very, I'm, I'm all for just going almost the other way and just sort of try and treat it as an exciting new venture. Yeah. To try and fit it into our life. I think, yeah, I think we would both um, be sad that we weren't there. Yes. If we weren't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, obviously we will have to adapt to what our life's usually like up there. But but we'd be doing that if we were just sitting at home. And the fact that that's kind of a normal part of our annual cycle to go up there, to not do it would be be weird. Yes. Um, Oh, that's, so I've been thinking a lot about, you know, in, in my show, there's quite a bit about, that fear of becoming a mother and what if my life changed just so much and I don't get to be the person that I was. Like yeah. being an actor is such a big part of my identity and I, we talked to Sarah Barron about it a little bit um, and not wanting to lose that. And so that's in my show, but I feel very strongly kind of the opposite way actually right now. Like I feel very um, driven to continue being an actor and to like um, work at it harder as well. Yeah. I think that for the past few years, I've had in the back of my head this idea that maybe we would have a baby, right? Because there was that possibility. Yeah. And part of that definitely in my mind stopped me from feeling like I was pursuing acting too much because what if suddenly that was stopped yes. by me getting pregnant? Like what if I was, yeah, just trying to meet people and this idea of making promises or making commitments to people that then I couldn't follow through with if I got, if I got pregnant, which, which I mean, yes, probably is, was stupid and wrong and not the right way to be looking at it, but it was definitely in my head and kind of holding me back from um, really going after things. And, but I really feel strongly in the opposite way right now. Like once I have this baby that I want to go for it even, even more and kind of, Feel like okay, now now we're in the next phase. Yeah, and that includes and that includes being a mum and having a child. But you know that thing of wanting to for myself, wanting to do that, but also for her, and you know, seeing that yeah, that I can do that as well as being as being a mother. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. 
Um, just mentioning maternity pay before made me realize I have to look into all that stuff again. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think that was probably like in week eight or something <laughs> that I <laughs> printed out some files about how to get money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I haven't done anything with that. No. And I probably need to. Yeah, that's fine. Next yeah. week. We'll look at it next week. Yeah, yeah. I've got lots of time next week um, to do all those kind of things. But yeah, I've been feeling... I'm feeling really good at the moment. Yeah. You've got a little cold. I've got a tiny little cold, yeah. Just after the weekend, I spent the weekend in Cardiff. I definitely got caught in very heavy rain one day. Yeah. Got a bit soaked. I feel like it just has stayed with me. But I've not been too bad. It's just been a little, my throat's a little husky. And then our friends who came to help out on the show on Monday as well, they, they were had both the, they had the really worst sick. Cold. Um, but I seem to be touch wood okay yeah. as well. So I think, yeah, like... Is my immune system, is it stronger? Because, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you'd think, you'd, I'd think that being pregnant, it would make you more susceptible to diseases or something like that. But maybe it makes you stronger. Maybe. And makes you able to repel it even more. <laughs> um, so, like I said, I haven't been doing any of my reading of my books at all right now. Yeah. Um, I've still got that Ina May's Guide to Birth, which I really like and which I was reading, but... I've got to get back onto that. But what are you, you're still I'm on? I'm still reading uh, Hold On To Your Kids, mm. uh, which is, I'm actually really enjoying it, but I've just been busy, so I've not had a chance to fully. It does have small font as well, I noticed font. the other day. You even said the lines are too near yeah, together. Yeah, the, the, the spacing is yeah. really close. <laughs> but, um, it's really, I'm really liking it, actually. It's, you know, it's it's, it's quite, um, I'd say for some people, it, it, they would disagree with a lot of it. Because it feels like it's basically saying that kids now are too you know, um, peer orientated and, you know, we need to, as parents, you need to take back control of your children, which mm. I think could sound, it could sound quite regressive, Yeah. you know, but actually it's coming from a really good place. It's saying, it's not about don't let your kids, you know, sort of, um, be too peer orientated, like physically you know, taken away from that. What it's just trying to say is that actually, a lot of the issues currently facing people come from the fact that they they don't really grow up with the right direction. Mm. And actually, the the you know we are evolutionary speaking, we are designed to be you know raised by our families. Yeah, and often, obviously, in certain circumstances, that physically changes and has to change. Uh, but on the whole, that is the sort of the norm and the natural yeah. order. You know, we are animals at the end of the day. So it just talks about trying to create that natural environment as much as possible. But in the modern age, you know, kids are much more likely to be spending more time from a very young age surrounded by their own peers rather than surrounded by older people who can d direct them better. Because I think we, we talked that um, the way we were parented was probably different. Like that I probably had more of that guidance, like yes. that, that my... That my parents, yeah, that 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 was something. I I don't feel like I succumbed to peer pressure that no. much. I feel like I was always very independent, and um, I was saying at a primary school, definitely, I was kind of the leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then things changed a bit when you get to high school, and I was adapting to a new environment. Yeah. But, but I think you did a lot of activities with your parents. Yeah. You know, that's what I mean. Like that thing of, I think spending a lot of quality time with your parents doing stuff just with them that is not you know it's not just spending too much time with your friends which obviously happens as you go through your teens that happens more and more because you're becoming an adult and you're creating a friend group yeah 
but I, I definitely didn't have that growing up. I didn't have, like, I've never done anything with my dad. Like, yeah. Just one-on-one, me and him never, when I was a kid, never did anything. Yeah. And that's not me saying that as a criticism, it's just that was the style of, he was just an old school dad. Yeah, that I mean? was that was and, what he was used to. And yeah, that was... and my mum, you know, again, I don't. she would just let me be really and sort of, so I think I was somebody who latched onto friends really young. Yeah. You know, I got quite an old friend group when I was probably about eight or nine. I started hanging out with some older kids because I suppose I saw that yeah. as like, this is what I need. And, I, you know, that's probably why I got into some naughty things and then became, came back, it started hanging more out with people from my area and my school and just, I, I latched onto a big group of guys that I'm still incredibly close with, which I'm really happy about. But I do think it took me until probably my 30s to reorientate myself properly and not constantly think about what other people are thinking yeah. of me. And I, that I now reading this book, I'm like, it explains a lot of my behaviour and issues that I had in my 20s and early 30s. And that's that's I think that's really interesting as well in terms of parenting styles. You know, like that's something... Those kind of conversations that you should have with someone or they, they say you should have before you get married, sort of your expectations of what marriage would be like. You know, today we sort of go, I love you, I love you, let's get married, let's be together. Yeah. But that idea that there's so much admin involved in that and you might have different opinions of what marriage is going to be or how things are going to change or what your life's going to be like once you're married. Yeah. And similarly with parenting, that for a lot of people, it's like you get to the point of being parents and suddenly you have discover you have different disciplinary styles or different ideas about how they should be raised looked after what's how what what amount of you know not effort but the engagement that you put in or all that kind of stuff so for you to be reading this and being able to kind of reflect on your what you received yes and seeing that how you could do it differently or yeah like from from that understanding is really yeah and it also talks about the psychology of like a lot of parents you know when kids become hard work you know when kids do start you know being disobedient is a horrible word but that thing of like kids become unruly and they want to spend more time with their friends they want to you know sort of almost dismiss what their parents say because it's like i don't care about you i'm I'm this person and yeah it talks about how a lot of parents just just almost have they almost allow that to happen because right, the op- the opposite is to resent their kids for how they're behaving. Whereas actually, if you just let the reins go, it's a much easier decision, isn't it? Yeah. So, but ultimately, then that will create issues down the line. Um, it, does, it was a line that really jumped out at me from it, which basically said, you know, becoming a parent ultimately is you deciding to be um, taken for granted. So yeah. that's a decision you're making. Like, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people don't realise they're doing that. Yeah. So when they are taken for granted, they resent that thing. Yeah. But actually, if you go into it knowing... Obviously, I'm going to be taken for granted. I've literally brought something into the world that I'm not going to be thanked. For not this. going to be thanked <laughs> until at least they're probably earliest they're going to ever thank you is mid-teens. Yeah, and a lot of them won't thank you until oh, some won't thank you for, at all yeah. ever. Yeah, and some might it might take until they're in their twenties and one day they suddenly think back on something that you did and go, oh, thank you. Um, so you've got to just, but it's a it, that is a decision you make. You've got to, you've got to come to terms with the fact you are going to be taken for granted. Yeah, and if you do that. Once you've made that decision, it all becomes a bit more manageable. Again, that's sort of interesting in context with my show, like the fact that this show is with me and my mum and it's conversations 
we wouldn't necessarily have had if we wouldn't have been making this show where um, I had ideas about her life and what it was like and how she felt about things and kind of quite quickly in rehearsals discovered that a lot of that was my own um, mythology and my own opinions on what I thought things were like for her and I get corrected a lot throughout throughout this um, throughout the piece so finding out that stuff about her that would have remained just my own version of her story yeah um, actually is very inspiring to the audiences I'm finding out because yes. people are coming up to me after every show and saying, I'm going to go home and talk to my mum and ask her about these yes. things. And did she feel like she gave up things for me and find out, find out her story a bit more Yeah, yeah. because I guess that's the thing that doesn't necessarily happen. We don't ask questions of our parents no. so much. We don't get to know them in that way yeah. so much. Well, there's a bit in the show where you say, which again, I think is sums it up. You, uh, when you say that when you heard about your mum's divorce when you talked yeah. when you first actually heard your mum talk about her first divorce her yeah. first marriage yeah. her first of many divorce marriages <laughs> she has only had one but um, that was the first time you genuinely um, realised or thought of her as a person as rather a than just your mum yeah and um, I think that's a, that, that a lot of people don't ever get to that point of their with their parents yeah and that took that took me years to how, like work out I, I I reckon I always thought of, you know some of my mum's behaviour growing up was bad parenting you know and, I, and then it, and it took me into my 20s to work out about some of the issues she'd had hearing about her childhood and how brutal some of it was and yeah. just and actually I suddenly could look back and go oh my god during that period where yes there was on paper you would say that is no way to act around your kids actually that it's she was she must have been going through absolute yeah. mental hell and it was. It took me into probably. I would say, yeah, early thirties to fully understand that it wasn't her. It absolutely, was not her fault at all. She could, yeah. there was nothing she could have done. And that once I got to that point, that was when I suddenly, I think, let go of a lot of stuff and became like much happier and more content. Because I was like, oh, it just, hey, it's just, it was the way it was because of a lot of outside factors. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's uh, this book is actually. I'm really. It's. I'm really enjoying. It's really. It's, yeah, it's quite a long read, and I'm, t- it's, I'm taking it's taking long because I've got a lot on. But what I, yeah, it's really making me look at my yeah. life and how I was parented and the things I would like to do going forward. And it's really it's really insightful. I think. Yeah. It's really nice. It's got a really nice feel to it. And kind of another, just probably to end on another philosophical part of my show was last year when we made it together. Um, it's called After You, obviously, and I'm I'm after my mum, but. That was a big thought in my head about if there was no after me, like if yeah. I was the end of our generations. Like my mind gets blown by the idea that every single ancestor of mine has survived, or of every every human we've had ancestors who survived whatever yeah. to be able to have a child, and that line goes for forever. Yeah, and that idea of suddenly being the end of that, I found really confronting and sad, and now. That's not the case. No, there'll be and another one. Yeah, yeah, it's going to keep on going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's a nice thing. It's just really started to pour yeah, down with rain now. Yeah. The heavens have opened. Yeah. Um, so we will leave you with that today, I think. A little bit of deep chat. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, do go and, um, you know, message us and get in touch on the socials at Pod and... 
you know, give us a review and subscribe and yeah. stuff on iTunes and yeah, it's really raining. It's really raining. Um, and Carl is about to leave the house and oh, go to Manchester no. where it'll be raining more. No. <laughs> but thank you for listening and we will speak to you again next week with our guest. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Trolled from Great Big Owl, Tracy Ann Oberman interviews celebrities about their experiences of abuse online. If you want to sit in a room and talk to another fellow sitting in his room and have an argument, that's fine too. Or you can not do that. On trains. About to get on the train and this woman hit me in the back and said, you're an arsehole. And on a bus. And I think it's weird that you would suggest that a woman is so ugly to get sex when you basically look like a potato. <laughs> All that and more. That's Trolled with Tracy Ann Oberman from Great Big Al. Out now.